Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters to Go. You are listening to Satellite Sisters. I'm Leanne Dolan in Pasadena, California. I'm here with my sister, Julie Dolan, who is in Brooklyn, NY today. Hey, Julie, what's happening there? Nothing going on in New York this week, right? No, it's a really quiet week here, Leanne. Nothing is happening. No, it's all here, Leanne, center of the universe, and Urban Nana is here to tell you about it. Mm-hmm. Excellent. All right. Urban Nana's got some things going on. We're going to talk about the Pope's visit. Of course, uh, we're going to talk about women in the workplace as if that's a news topic. I don't understand. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, we've been doing these podcasts and oh radio shows for 15, 15 years. years. We've been talking about it. And it's the same topic, Leanne. It's, it it's is. the same issues. Okay. <laughs> oh, we're going to, we're going to talk about that. Uh, we've got some TV talk happening. I have a couple of tips, Julie, for preventing colds. I think you're oh. going to want, think you're going to want to hear this and, uh, and more, but first, just can I say it's so hot here. I cannot move into my fall menu items, Julie. Oh, I, it's too no hot. Squash, I, no, uh, no sweet potatoes. No, oh, you can't I'm roast s- any beets or anything like that. You can't Nothing. roast anything but yourself these days. So <laughs> I'm so sick of like tomatoes and arugula salad. I'm sick of it, Joel, but it's just too hot. It's too hot to roast. All right. But enough about me. What's happening there with Urban Nana? What's going on? Well, I just have to say this is I, I'm here in Brooklyn. I'm help. I'm pitching in. Uh, Josephine, my uh, one year old granddaughter, has started at a new child care center and my daughter in law had to go on a business trip. So uh, we brought in, you know, they brought in the professional help. Urban Nana is back on the scene here in Brooklyn. And can I just just I have to indulge and say that my granddaughter has reached a new level of adorableness that it's just, it's hard to contain. I mean, there's something when they start walking mm-hmm. and babbling. I mean, she's, she's just incredibly adorable. So, but, um, but I do have some random thoughts, Leanne. This is, uh, I, it's organized just by numbers. I have one to 10. Okay. But there's, there's no reasoning to this, but it's just as I'm out and about uh, in the big city Things that are coming across my brainwave. First of all, Leanne, just a shout out to the dogs of NYC. You know, they have so little to work with. There is no grass. There's so few trees. And yet these dogs, they just, they trot around with such pride. You know, Leanne, they have so much self-esteem. I don't know how they do it, but my hat goes off. Uh, I take my hat off to the dogs of New York City because they're out there. They're just being dogs. And they're doing a very fine job. Second item, Leanne, is Pizza Rat. Have you seen this? <laughs> Everyone's seen it, Julie. It's... Everyone's seen it. Uh, if you could stand it. You could. You watched it for as long as you could. Uh, I mean, well, it says something about a city that loves Pizza Rat, right? It's a, that is so fascinated with Pizza Rat that has taken Pizza Rat to like just new levels. Okay. I, I just, uh, I if just you have haven't to... seen it, this is a video of a New York city rat carrying an entire piece of pizza down the stairs into the subway. <laughs> it's 
both disturbing and fascinating. It was a bad day for pizza, but a good day for rats, I thought. Okay. So, yes. So uh, people are cheering pizza rat. And then three, did I tell, did I mention how helpful and polite everyone is? You I mean, did. You, just, you just have to come to New York to, to experience people open doors. They say hello. They say, excuse me. Just could not be nicer. Could not help, help you out more. And then the other thing I noticed, Leanne, is it just me or do a lot of girls in New York, New York look exactly like Lena Dunham? And then how did that happen? Did, was Lena first and then people started copying her or was, or is Lena copying someone else's look? But you I, I don't know. We'll have to put that out to our young, our young listeners. So let us know, was it Lena first or were you the first Lena? Yes. That's what I'd like to know. And then um, it's very difficult. I'm just telling you, New York Times, to find a print copy of the New York Times in Brooklyn. Just, oh. uh, just a word. Uh, I don't know. Uh, whatever that means, whatever that signifies, I'm just telling you. It, it's you all know. digital there? It's all digital it's, in Brooklyn? It's all digital or it's all the, the Daily News and the New York Post, Liam. So also, um, you know, I'm here in a section of, Brook of Brooklyn that's undergoing gentrification. And uh, I know nothing about urban planning, urban design, but it appears from my perspective as Urban Nana that gentrification starts with liquids, Liam. Liquids, <laughs> okay? That, you know, I was here last winter. I spent uh, two and a half months here in Brooklyn walking these <laughs> frozen streets, strolling those, strolling that baby, okay? But since the winter, three new establishments have moved in, and they're all serving just liquids. Yeah. There's a bar, a new bar down the street that has a lot of recycled wood and subway tile, okay? Mm -hmm. There's a brasserie at the corner, Leanne. Again, just liquids, coffee, teas, juice, um, and oysters. I don't understand that. but uh, <laughs> So that's a semi-liquid item. It is. And then uh, another juice bar has opened as well right around the corner. So this, this is it, that I guess if you're moving into a new neighborhood, you start with fluid items, you know, you don't, okay. Yes. You don't want to get weighed down with hard goods. All right. No, no yeah. just liquids. Keep okay. that in mind. Okay. Number seven, uh, the TV show Blacklist was filming down the street. Oh, uh, my kid, yes. my kids like that show. It's a, they, kinda, they, it's a good show. I don't know. Well, there was no, there were no casting calls for Urban Nana. <laughs> uh, you know, they had all those big vans, they had the trailers, you know, they had the catering out, but it's their loss. They could have had Urban Nana. Um, and then number eight, do we forgive Brian Williams? You know, he's starting up again with, uh, with it is the year of mercy. That's what the Pope has said. I know. And uh, he is a lucky man that Brian Williams to get a second chance like this. Uh, so where do you stand on that, Liam? Do you you think know, here's the thing. I, I, I've been on the record. I never liked Brian Williams. So <laughs> I, I don't feel, I feel like my position on him is unchanged. Okay. I, I think okay. he fulfills a certain role on television and uh -huh. he's free to practice that role. For me, he was never a journalist of record. I was always okay. suspicious of him. So I'm, I think I've been proven correct. No, I, I just, he's free to do what he needs to do, but I think his moment is over. So I'm not going to. I, I don't begrudge him his career on television, but yeah, I don't, I'm not going to turn to him for any breaking news. Okay. Liz, you know, we love talking about frame bridge, don't we? We do. <laughs> because, because there are just so many fun things to frame, Leon, aren't there? 
Right. Anything. You can just upload a digital photo from your phone and they can print it and frame it. And that is a gift right there, a gift people would love getting. But Liz, you recently had quite an exciting Framebridge experience. Would I, I you did. like to share? Would you like you know, to? I talked about how when we were at the Bruce Springsteen concert, I was with our brother Dick, his wife Susan, his two kids, and one of the roadies threw us the set list at the end of the show, which was amazing to get the actual set list for the actual concert in Los Angeles. And we're like, oh, yeah, any day now, that's going to be in a place of honor in their home. Sure enough, Leon, they have already framebridged it and sent it to us with a picture. So I'll be in Bend next week, so I'll get to see it. But it's just excellent use of the Framebridge resources, the Bruce Springsteen set list. Fantastic. And this is gift giving season. So if you have a graduation coming up, a wedding, a shower, Mother's Day, Father's Day, look around. I'm sure you have something fun you can frame and Framebridge can do it for you. It's easy and it's affordable to frame just about anything. You get fair and transparent upfront pricing based on the size of your item. There's a great selection of frames. And as we've said in the past, fast service, free shipping, great for gifts. Mm -hmm. And guess what? Liz, not many things in life give you a happiness guarantee, but Framebridge does. If you're not 100% happy with your piece, they will make it right. So if this but sounds you like- you're going to be happy, okay? <laughs> That's just the Satellite Sisters promise. You're going to be out. You're going to be happy you did it. See why Framebridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit framebridge.com or see a local Framebridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything, like a Bruce Springsteen set list. That's framebridge.com. Thanks, Framebridge. Liz, summer is coming up, and you know what that means? It means you're grilling. You're grilling and chilling sure. there yes. with, your, with your butcher box. What, what do you got going on the grill this summer? Well, you know, here's the thing. Because I'm going to be up in, in Bend for part of the summer, yeah. I'm having my box sent there, Leanne. That's I mean, great. Go on vacation with your butcher box is what, uh, what, what I'm recommending. Yeah, either way, you're just going to buy meat and fish and stuff when you get there. Why do that? Anyway, you know, I love their steaks. I love their scallops. The scallops are really good. And the chicken thighs, all good. I'm ready. That's right. ButcherBox gives you peace of mind and easy to find high quality meat and seafood you can trust. It's 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork that's raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood, no antibiotics or added hormones. And as Liz said, delivered right to your doorstep. And you can customize that delivery plan, Liz, right? Because yeah. it can go wherever you want it to go, whenever you want it to go. If you want to delay it a week, you know, speed it up a week, you just go to your ButcherBox account and you can make that all happen. It's so easy to manage online. Yeah. And if you're like Liz, you can take your ButcherBox on vacation, which is... <laughs> That's nice. That's nice. <laughs> nice to have something familiar there. <laughs> yes. So if you want to take your meat on vacation, sign up at butcherbox.com slash sisters and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional 20% off. So you can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash sisters and use code sisters to choose your free for year offer. Plus get $20 off your first order. Thanks, ButcherBox. And then all those people sitting in all these coffee shops yeah. all over her town, they are so busy, Leanne. They yeah. are so, but what are they doing? Why they're, are they they're on the They're, top ra they're running new businesses, Julie. I, I they're entrepreneurs. Yeah, man. 
They're changing the world from those coffee shops. They're, they're, they're just just surviving on liquids and tapping away. <laughs> and then finally, Leon, what do all those tiny hats that the men are wearing in Brooklyn, what do they do? Because they do not keep their heads warm. I assume they have hair underneath those hats. I don't even know how they get them perched on their heads. You know what I'm talking about? Those little... <laughs> tiny hats i do i didn't know they were still a thing yes they're still a thing they're men all over brooklyn if they don't have the man bun land they're sporting those (laughs) tiny hats okay Okay, those were my thoughts with my stroller as i'm wandering around okay that's it keep up the good work urban nana yeah that's what happens when you have a one-year-old they can't talk back so you can just think all kinds of things and And we, we discuss these things yeah yeah that's that's what we've been talking about Josephine and I, as we're wandering around. There you go. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, Julie, I did a uh, I did a, a luncheon the other day. You're about going okay. to go into a work block here, sort of on women in the workplace. Again, we're tired of talking about this, but apparently we need to. So I do a lot of these luncheons, and they pretty much roll. And you're good at it. Thank you're you. You're good well, at again, I am a professional speaker and writer. So uh, I feel like that. No, and I mention that because it is my job. And very often I am invited there to speak about my work. <laughs> you know, I'm not invited there. I'm invited there because I write and talk for a living. And so that's what I'm invited to talk about. And a lot of these luncheons, they're for organizations. Usually a lot of them are nonprofits or they're just women's groups and they meet. I've been to a million country clubs all over Southern California or private clubs. And, you know, it'll be a group of the other day. It was, you know, almost 90 women they are, uh, the, the general age tends to be aged up in the middle of the day, you know, 60 plus usually, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. you know, some younger. Which is a fine age, Leanne. It's yeah, a fine it's age. It's a totally fine age. No, I'm, I have no pride. It's not the age issue, but I think there is a generational issue. And I would say at about half of the speeches I give, uh, in, in venues like this, um, not so much in small book clubs, but, um, after I'm done talking, you know, we've laughed, we've cried. I've told them about my work and books and Satellite Sisters and all this stuff. I get a question, and it's it's the same question, but it can be said in two very different ways. Some woman will raise her hand and she said, hey, can you tell us about your husband and kids? You know, because I, I don't usually make that a part of my work talk um, because that is my family and not my work. Uh and, um, or I get, this is the question I got Friday. Well, do you ever see your husband and kids? <laughs> really? Just yeah. like that? A like lot, a lot of times. Half the time, it's like a genuine inquiry out of curiosity. And half the time, it's super judgy. And I mean, it just did. There's no other way to describe it. It really, uh, immediately you're put on the defensive. And I have learned to deal with this, I think, in a warm and friendly way. Um, but I've, I always find it shocking because, <laughs> because I'm invited there to talk about my work. So if I didn't have, like, when do they think I write the novels and do the radio show? I don't, I, don't, I can't even, why are you here if you're against women <laughs> working? I just, I, I can't figure it out, like where the attitude comes from. And then I always think to myself, boy, I'm glad I'm not your daughter-in-law. You know, I just... <laughs> I'll just say it because I, I just don't get it. I, I don't not supportive. I, I it's mean, in women no, are not supportive to other, of other women. It's, uh, it's, 
It's still shocking, isn't it? It is. It is still shocking. And I am sure that many of these women have daughters or daughters-in-law who probably work. And I don't talk about my husband and children in the course of my work talk because those it's separate things to me. It's not, even though I am very proud of my husband and children, mm-hmm. I talk about mm-hmm. it here on the radio occasionally about my family life, you know, but it just seems like two totally different things that I'm not obligated to fill everybody in on. I assume people are there to hear about my writing and my work, but it just always surprises me that it comes up and it comes up a lot, you know, and, (laughs) and I, you know, I, I try to answer in a positive way, but, um, it's still out there that kind of feeling that somehow if you work, you must be abandoning your, your husband and children. And, you know, I think, all right, I'm guilty of this land where, you know, when I, you read about people, I always wonder, well, how do they do that? How do they, How are they, you know, because I think for most women, it is, you know, it's trade-offs, it's juggling, it's, it's arrangements, it's, you know, and, and I'm always not in a judgmental way, but I'm always curious about um, how people like put together their work and uh, personal life. That's, and that's and the second, so, that's much the more second so about most. women. I don't really care how men do it. Yeah. I don't, you know, I, I'm, <laughs> right. I yeah. mean, I, well, you know. that's the second most popular question I get. And that usually comes from women who are in their 40s or in their 30s and they're trying to figure it out. And that's a different question to me yeah. than do you ever see your husband and children? Yes, <laughs> I mean, people, they say it just like that. It's just... <laughs> Well, the underlying thing could be that, that you sound, you know, so wildly accomplished and successful and, uh, well, that's not it. You know, yeah, I can tell you that's not it. Yeah. I, it's not again, cause I get asked it, you know, I get asked it and it's not that it's, you know, it's, it's fun. It's just, that's not it. And so, and I'm always, I've finally figured out an answer for the work-life balance. Cause for many years, you know, your work-life balance is skewed. So it's hard to have any perspective on it. But now I have older kids. I have a perspective. I figured out an answer that I hope is helpful. I'm happy to talk about that, but it just, it, it does throw me every once in a while you get this and you think, you know, we have a 57% of women work outside the house now who are mothers, 57%. We have to stop acting like it's a novelty. It's, it's not a novelty. It (laughs) hasn't, it hasn't been a novelty for decades. So like we have this collective, you know, theory that it's some, Oh wow, it's a new thing. It's not a new thing. It is not going away. And so I was particularly interested in, you know, a pretty sobering article this weekend in the New York Times by Anne Marie Slaughter. And I feel like we must have had her on Satellite Sisters at one point. Did we? She runs a think tank now out of Princeton. She worked at the State Department for a while. Yes. She was so a professor. At- yes. Our answer to that is yes. Yeah. Lord. I feel yeah. like at some point, like she was a professor at Harvard Business School. Mm-hmm. I, you mm-hmm. know, I feel like we talked to her, but it was uh, her... She has a new book coming out about the workplace, about the workplace, not the workforce. And that's a different thing. A toxic work world. 
how only the young and childless can keep up. And it's a very, it's a really interesting essay. I will put a link at SatelliteSisters.com um, so people can read it because I think it's good reading if you're a manager, if you're a mother-in-law, if you're a woman in the workforce, if you're a man in the workforce, if you're a millennial in the workforce trying to figure out what lies ahead. And she makes the point uh, in this article that we have this very outdated notion of how families work still. Like our workplaces are run like it's 1955. That if you're a married person with children in the workforce, our workplaces are structured for people who have one income, one sole breadwinner, and someone, you know, supporting everything at home, doing the kids and the house and the family stuff. And the person at the office doesn't have to deal with any of that. And that's just simply not true. Again, 57% of women work outside the office. So we have a workplace structured for 43% of the actual workers. And go ahead. I I mean, I look at this, I'm here in Brooklyn for that very reason, to help to support my son and daughter-in-law. They're both working and, you know, trying to, you you need more help. You kids, you just can't possibly do it. You know, that even with, even within a two-parent family, um, uh, you know, it is really, really difficult to have both, you know, both parents you know, working and and doing all the things associated with work and trying to raise a family. Yeah. Well, Amory Slaughter makes the point in this article that the number one thing working parents are looking for, and Julie, we know this, is flexibility. Flexibility, flexibility, flexibility. And workplaces have not come around in that area. You know, the idea that you have to be sitting in your cubicle five days a week is really outdated. You know, we have devices now. We have plenty of options for people to work at home a couple days a week. And she cites a bunch of um, examples of, you know, women who were on the executive track who really did want to make it work. They were asking for like, can I work from home on Fridays or can I do this? And they were just completely shut down by the management of their company. And so this idea that work is done from eight to six at this particular location, five days a week is outmoded. So when you talk about what those people are doing in the coffee shops in Brooklyn, they're probably working, <laughs> you know, yes. they're, you know, they're probably, I, you know, and the, the one irony is that if you're in one of those cub- cubicles sitting in an office eight to six, you're probably not actually having any social interaction with the coworker next to you. You're each in your own cubicle tap typing and tapping away. You know, right. that's it. You know, that the amount of interaction you, I mean, it's not always happening in person. It's happening online. So it doesn't really, you're right. It doesn't really matter the location. Right. So I I would encourage people to read this, but Julie, like you're a good mother-in-law. One thing I would say about our own mother, she was always very supportive of us, quote, having our own thing. You know, she did not grow up in a generation where women worked outside the home. She had eight kids. It was a very traditional upbringing, you know, and they had a very traditional relationship, our parents, but never, ever did she discourage us or make us feel bad about trying to work something out with work and family. She was always saying, I'm glad you have your own thing. I'm glad you kept your hand in. And that makes a huge difference having that support, not only at the office, but having that support from the other people in your family. I just feel like we need to move to a place where we accept that women, first of all, women are more highly educated now. We're churning out more lawyers and doctors and MBAs that are women. And then we're just wasting all this talent because we can't be slightly flexible in the, in the work environment. It's just crazy. 
to me. But I don't know what it's going to take, Liam. Well, it's the millennials, Julie. They thank the millennials because millennial men, and now they're becoming parents, as we've seen in, you know, your your kids are millennials, they're millennial parents and stuff. It's millennial men who feel like we don't have to have this traditional setup. So they are also asking for flexibility and to work at home and, you know, family, family and parent leave, that kind of thing. Because let's, it's not just working parents. Then you have a lot of boomers and Xers taking care of their parents at home. You know, it's both ends of that spectrum. It's easy to say, oh, we're tired of hearing about your toddler, but not so easy to say, oh, we're tired of hearing about your 80-year-old dad with Alzheimer's. And that's what's happening to, you know, women, parent, working parents in their 40s and 30s. So she keeps making the point in this article, Amory Slaughter, this is a working parent issue and it's a workplace issue. It's not like working mothers, you go figure it out. And let us know how you do. It's, it's just not that anymore. We can't have that anymore. I, I don't know. I think it's going to take a whole nother generation or two, Leon. sadly, yeah. you know, to, to work it out. Because I think there are a lot of hard judgments that people make, just as you saw, you know, uh, at, you know, when you're trying, I'm giving a very inspiring speech. Right. That you got a, you got a little backlash for it. You know, I mean, I think there is still just... There's so much resentment on all sides, you know, that it, it makes it it makes it difficult and, uh, you know, it makes people less willing to change. But, I, you know, I wish they were more willing to change, you know, because it's, you know, it's uh, you just really I mean, we need to do something differently. It's not right. working, you know, so. Well, we're wasting a lot of talent. And the other thing that surprises me, too, and I now that I'm older and have perspective is like. The years that are really rough when the kids are little, that is such a small percentage of your work life. Yeah. That it's a shame that when you get off track because, you know, you realize, boy, the child care center is making more than me. Why am I going to work even though I have this degree or that degree or have achieved this level? Like, it's a shame you get so off track you can never get back on. You know, that's like a, that's me. It's a decade maybe like, you know, that it's really, really challenging. But now I look at my friends who are empty nesters. You know, I have a lot of friends coming up on that. They quit their jobs 15, 20 years ago. They're, they're in, they are, they're in rough shape. I mean, they are regretting that they quit. Now, what are they going to do? You know, they still have, you know, 10, 15 years easily where they could work, but they are so out of the workforce, it is going to be nearly impossible for them to get back in. So this idea that like, oh, once you have a child, you're no longer, you're rendered, you know, uh, you know, worthless in terms of the workplace. That's just nuts. It's a, (laughs) it's a bad decade, but then you rebound, right? (laughs) I mean, right? Yes. Yes. Until they become teenagers. And then I think you should stay. Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, it's just, we need people. We need good, talented, educated people in the workforce. Yes, and the, to sort of shut them out of the workforce because they have a couple of rough years just seems like a crazy idea. Um, all right. Well, all right. keep answering that question, Leanne, when, uh, at your next talk. Uh, just, uh, you know, keep inspiring people. Keep, keep hope alive that, yeah. that maybe there's a different way to, to, to organize all of this. That's well, you know it kills me, though. You know it kills me. You know, I mean... <laughs> You know, I want to say things like, hey, you know what I didn't have time to do when I was a working mom? Have lunch at a country club with a couple glasses of wine on a Friday afternoon. (laughs) You didn't say that. I don't say that, Julie. I hold back. 
Okay, you hold it back. That's good. Hold back. But because, you know, it kills me when I think of every working parent does this, the, the machinations you go through to be there and to do that and to, you know, I mean, we used to work at like four in the morning. I and know. I, so, I know. I, you know, I, I was like done with my work day at two. It was just, but I was wiped out, but I was done. So it just makes me crazy not to say that, but I try to hold my tongue. <laughs> Good work, sister. Thank Good you work. very much. All right. In a related question, though, on the uh, on the Facebook page, the Satellite Sister Facebook page, Kathleen um, wrote this yesterday. Where can I look for tips on how a baby boomer can communicate better with millennial recruiters? Just feel like I totally bombed a phone screen. And I thought that was a fantastic question, Me too, Kathleen. Lee. Me too. There yeah. is a lot in that. You know, when you are in your 50s or, you know, and you're going back to work looking for a new job, maybe you've lost your job and all people on the Facebook page weighed in and all of a sudden your HR person is 26. You, oh. you oh. It's tough, right? You groan even thinking about it. And other Satellite Sisters weighed in. They said that the hiring process now has become very impersonal. It's all online and it can be very awkward and it takes forever and you go through all these hoops and things like that. And uh, this was a and great- none of, And none of the old job hunting skills that you may have learned about follow-up, follow-up phone call, you know, sending a set, none of that counts because again, as you said, most of the screening is being done by some algorithm and not by a person, right? Melinda responded to this question. She said, I had one of these young HR person." People ask me where I wanted to be in 20 years. And I, I replied, alive and healthy. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, she smirked and I laughed. I mean, it's funny, but sad. And so then we had, uh, then we had Erica just bring it on home. She was out there looking for a job. She was laid off in 2014. She said it took her five and a half months to land a job. And she had to do a lot of phone screens with these chipper young things. And here are her tips. And I thought these were great. Okay. This is an unbelievable trick. I'd never heard this before. Keep a mirror in front of you while you talk on the phone. It's an old customer service trick, but it works. Keep a smile on your face and it will come across in your voice. Isn't that a good idea? Eileen, we should get some mirrors for this podcast. (laughs) Well, our producer, Courtney, always used to say, put a smile in your voice when we were like really tired and reading ads at the end of the show. (laughs) Um, But I thought that was good. All right. Number two, be relatable, says Erica. Even if it's just a comment about the weather or something innocuous, it helps break the ice. There you go. Helps Mm -hmm. everyone feel like a human. Uh, I like this one. Erica also said, be prepared, really prepared. Research as much as you can, take notes and be ready to impress. And then I thought this was key. Have a friend interview you and check your language for things that age you. Oh, yeah. Make sure you are up on the current lingo in your area of expertise. Again, if you have an email address, it's AOL.com. Change it. Change it. Change it. Do not refer to, as Liz has learned, the Kennedy assassination at the office. (laughs) Yeah, I think stay away from any kind of like TV or cultural references. That's a good idea. 
Because <laughs> whatever TV show you like, they don't. They probably they're they, probably not even watching TV. They don't even understand TV. They wouldn't even know what network television means. So, uh, <laughs> but you know what? I as a you know doing some research, I actually Googled like baby boomer uh, job seekers, millennial recruiters, and there's almost nothing out there. I couldn't find anything. But the opposite is true. So I thought, well, maybe if you figure out how well, how millennials think, it's like how to recruit millennials. And that's all about flexibility in the workplace, you know, doing everything online. Uh, they say millennials are used to being marketed to. They were marketed to for their colleges. They're used to being wanted. So you have to really want them. So I feel like if you took that advice and like turned it inside out, if you were a baby boomer, that that, that would be good. But uh, Erica, you've done a, a fine service here. Fine job. So I'm sure people will have comments on this. You know, you can always comment on our Facebook page. But there you have it. I, no, I think that's that's great advice, that, and it's an interesting discussion. So it is. Uh, please join in if you have other comments, other experiences, because I'd like to know. I mean, I really would. I mean, that's a, it's a. I know there's a new movie coming out called The Intern. Oh movie, yeah, which yeah. I think it sort of touches on this same, you know, on this same sort of generational thing. Um, uh, you know, where uh, you know you have you know, aging boomers going back to work for millennials. And I think there, you know, there's each generation brings its own talents and strengths. Don't you think, Liam? Yes. Yeah. So, but you just have to somehow not come off like an old fogey, but yes. I think you could overcorrect in that area too. You know what I mean? <laughs> don't you wear those tiny hats that they're wearing <laughs> and no man buns, either gender. I don't, I just, I, you know, whatever. That's what I think. Okay. Okay, Leon. Well, you know, it's, it is a big week here in New York uh, uh, because the Pope is coming to New York. So there's, a, you know, there's, you can imagine there's already, you can see it around this city. There's, you see a lot more police officers and they, they really are going to stepping up all the preparations for the Pope. And, you know, this is sort of in contrast to the Pope, who is a man who likes very simple things. Yes. But, they have whoever produced the uh, last year's Super Bowl. Um, uh, he's in charge of the Pope in New York, so that seemed like a good good plan. But uh, you know, they uh, you know he's going to be in Central Park and he's going to be in Madison Square Garden, and and uh, they're going to be doing a big mass and a show in in Madison Square Garden. And but the Pope wanted a, a very simple chair to sit in. So it's, he's having a chair, a very humble chair that is being made of plywood by some immigrant uh, day laborers um, in Porchester, and which sounded, you know, wonderful and sounded like very in keeping with the spirit of Pope Francis. But the production designer for this gigantic event with all kinds of start, he was a little worried about the chair, you know, because he's in charge of the chair. And he thought, well, maybe he needs a backup chair made just in case the plywood chair is not comfortable for the Pope. Or, you know, what if it's not soundly built or, you know, what if there's a problem with it? Because he's the one that's responsible. But the good news is they do have some kind of backup chair going, but the production designer for the big event at Madison Square Garden also traveled to Porchester, saw these workers putting together this beautiful uh, plywood chair and believed that it's going to be just perfect for the Pope. But, you know, it's just one of the little many details that's going on um, right now in getting ready for Pope Francis's visit. The other uh, detail that I uh, picked up this morning is that there's going to be a real clash between the Pope 
and the geeks because Friday, the day that the Pope arrives, is also the day that all the new iPhones, Apple iPhones, are supposed to be delivered to New York City. Oh, so, for goodness sakes. I know, Liam. I know. I know. But, <laughs> but already, some of the geeks, one geek is quoted in the paper as saying, there will be blood if the Pope's presence in New York delays my iPhone. Okay? okay. That's, very, that's not very nice. No. But UPS has suspended delivery to certain sections of Manhattan because everything's going to be all jumbled up with the Pope here, the start of the UN, you know, they've got, and so UPS is not going to be able to make its normal deliveries. So all these geeks that are waiting, for, you know, you know how people do this for these iPhones. Yeah, they, I know, but they need to get over themselves. If it's true. <laughs> 24 hours or 48 hours later, whatever. I'm sorry. This is world's smallest violin playing for these people. I mean, uh, not just tiny, tiny violin. No, I, I'm, I'm so sick of them. You are? You are? Yes. See, you see, see, but they're running the world. These, those, I know. These people standing in line to get their iPhones with their teeny tiny hats on, you know, and then just tapping away all day in these coffee shops. They're running the world, Liam. I know they and are. We're out of. We're they, out they, of they, they, they can wait two days to get there. It's presumably they already they have a very fine phone already. It's it's not like it's an emergency and they don't have a phone. They already have all these things. It's just getting the new thing. So, and you know whatever. <laughs> I can't. Sorry, Julie. Can't do it. You can't do it. You can't, I can't care. I can't care. <laughs> okay. 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 Well, I'm going to keep you posted on that because that's quite a. A sort of cultural clash, I think that could. <laughs> it is. It is a cultural clash. It is. All right, I'm moving my papers around because I think I'm supposed to talk about colds now. Yes. Uh, yes. Why don't you talk about colds? What's What's going on? <laughs> uh, do you have a cold? Are you over a cold? I have had this Spectrum. cold for so long. I've had this terrible cold. I was struck down a couple ten days ago or so, and it's still hanging on. And um, it's uh, so. This article in Health Magazine came a little bit too late for me because I wish I had done a few of these things. But here are some tips to prevent colds. We're in the cold season, and some of them are new. So you know the basics, <laughs> you know, wash your hands, wash that kind of hands. stuff. Uh, yeah. But here's, okay, here are a couple tips for preventing colds. Uh, eat yogurt for breakfast. The wow. same live cultures that can ease digestive distress can also help stave off a cold. So I didn't know that. Did I, you, I didn't really know that either. Right? I didn't, I didn't know that. I so, like yogurt, so I could do that, Lynn. That seems good. Okay. Or anything, you know, with um, with probiotics. So you can okay. go, you can also, Julie, have um, kimchi for breakfast if you want. That's also, also good. Yeah, they serve that down the street here. Oh, I'm good. I'm <laughs> sure good they, on that. Sure they do. Okay. Crack a window. Okay. This is like our mom. The little yes. fresh air actually fresh does, air. it does, uh, it does sort of prevent you from uh, getting a cold. Letting a little fresh air in circulates the airborne particles, and that's good. Making them harder to pick up. That's good. All right, here's another one. Surprise me. Have some mushrooms. No, okay. I don't get that at all. Okay. I, I, new, I re new research published in the Journal of American College of Nutrition offers evidence of their immune-boosting powers. So people who ate a cooked shiitake mushroom daily for a month showed higher numbers of T-cells and less inflammation. Mushrooms, mushrooms and yogurt so far. Liz and Leanne here, and we are so grateful to have Osea support Satellite Sisters. Why? Because it's just a great product. Holy cow, do we 
We love Osea's skin and body care. And you know what? This Mother's Day, just look no further than Osea. Spoil the moms in your life with the little luxuries from Osea. The moms, the stepmoms, the bonus moms, the people who bring a touch of something special to your life, aunts, grandmothers, they would love a little Osea this Mother's Day. And you can get 10% off your first order by using our code SATSISTERS at OseaMalibu.com. And Liz, you know what every mother and mother figure needs? What? More moisture, Liz. They need more moisture in their skin. (laughs) In their skin. I mean, really, the creams, the lotions, the oils. I love it all. That duo they have going. Like, you can't miss with the duo of Osea. Liz, the mega moisture duo. You can can literally see your skin get firmer. And it just delivers (laughs) this full body glow. Okay, you know we have raved about the Andaria Algae Body Oil. Mm -hmm. Well, pair that with the Andaria Collagen Body Oil. Youthful, Liz. A youthful glow is going to (laughs) happen. And it's infused with Osea's signature Andaria seaweed. So it just smells so delicious, doesn't it? I know you're talking about giving it as a gift. I also suggest just giving it to yourself (laughs) because you're worth it. (laughs) That's that's true. That is absolutely true. Okay, that moisture duo I mentioned too is a great value because you can save 16% plus the extra 10% with our code SAD Sisters. So this is it. This is a win, win, win Mother's Day gift. Spoil the moms in your life with clean vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code SATSISTERS at OseaMalibu.com. And you get free samples in every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Osea is spelled O-S-E-A. So head on over to OseaMalibu.com and use code SATSISTERS for 10% off. Thanks, Osea. Hey, it's Liz and Leanne here, and we want to thank Pros for supporting this episode of Satellite Sisters. Now, you know, Liz, I've been out and about with my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical. Mm-hmm. The book is getting rave reviews. I'm very happy. But you know what else is getting rave reviews? My hair, Liz. My hair from Pros is getting <laughs> rave reviews. Leanne, I am not surprised. You have been on that Pros hair regimen for quite a while. I mean, you have good hair anyway, but now you have great hair because you've really paid attention to it. Well, Liz, pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do, from their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. And you know what? I love the regimen they have me on. Do I take the hair vitamins every day? Yes, I do. Do I use my shampoo and conditioner made especially for Lee and Dolan? Yes, I do. Do I sometimes use the leave-in conditioner when my hair's really dry? I do. And I even have a pre-scalp thing that they give me. Okay, pros, you're the boss. I'll take it. (laughs) You tell me what my hair needs. That sounds good. And here's the thing. It's personalization, Liz. For yeah. millions of possible formulas, only one is uniquely Leans. Okay? And I'm I'm using it. Pros mm-hmm. isn't just better for you. It's also better for the planet, Liz. They're a certified B Corp, cruelty-free, and the first and only carbon-neutral custom beauty brand. So, Pros, we love you. I love the photos of my hair. Couldn't be happier. <laughs> photos of your hair. There are people in the photos, too. That's the thing about a book tour. Everybody yeah. has their picture taken with Leon and then post it. So yeah. the hair is important. <laughs> Couldn't be happier, Pros. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin. They're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash 
sisters. So you get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash sisters. And pros is spelled P-R-O-S-E. Pros.com slash sisters. Thanks, pros. Very good. <laughs> That's disgusting. Together? No. No, I guess, well, maybe if you did it like a stroganoff, that would be stroganoff. okay. Stroganoff. That's, That's the way to go. That's key, key to health. <laughs> Beef stro- stroganoff. Okay. This one just made me laugh. Turn away from sneezers. <laughs> yeah. You hate to be rude, but moving out of firing range is critical. Those germs, Julie, they can travel up to 20 feet. Oh, gosh. So don't if, tell me that. I got to get on the subway. I know. Just in about 20 minutes. Don't worry about being rude, Julie. Just turn away. Just get away from those people. And if you feel bad, which I know you will, you can say, I'm sorry. I just catch colds really easily. Just move away. Move away. Okay. okay. And uh, then here's another tip. Uh, quit touching your lips. <laughs> just quit it. Just quit it. The average person puts a hand on her mouth or nose more than three times an hour. I do do that a lot, Leanne. I, 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 maybe my nose. I, I definitely touch my nose a lot. Okay. Yeah. Well, here's yeah. what uh, okay. Dr. Margaret Rohr says about that. She says, you might as well be licking a restroom door. <laughs> so, okay. Right? Now, now that's gross. So here's how you break that habit. They suggest you literally sit on your hands. Just sit on your hands. If you can't stand it to break the habit, sit on your hands, Julie. <laughs> Eat that yogurt, sit on your hands, make some sautéed mushrooms, and you'll how be good. I, how am I going to eat the yogurt if I'm sitting on my hands? <laughs> okay. There you go. Just some quick okay. tips. Those, the, those are, you know, I mean, it's hard to come up with new tips to prevent colds. It is. I mean, but those are, those are new tips. I haven't heard those. That's I mean, why I, th- I read them this morning. I'm like, I have not heard of these. Huh. Okay. What do you know? All right. Well, you, let me know. Eat some, uh, do they have to be shiitake mushrooms or can you just have regular old button mushrooms? Do you think? Julie, I don't know. <laughs> okay. I, can't, I can't. No follow-up questions. Okay. Okay. No, it was shiitake mushrooms specifically in the research. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. Those so are the ones no, that button like mushrooms. dollars a pound. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Button okay, mushrooms. Good. Just one though. Okay. Who ate okay. a cooked daily shiitake, you know, a, a shiitake mushroom daily. One mushroom a day. <laughs> Okay. Okay, Leanne. Well, you know, it's Tuesday and that's, we usually do some trends on Tuesday. Um, first trend I have for you, uh, it's big news that came out. It was, uh, the story was broken by the wall street journal is Apple is really working on the car. You know, the Apple car, it's coming 2019, 2020. Uh, there's, you know, it's super secret, right? Uh, that they are, they are not disclosing much information about this, although we do know the code name of the project. Oh, what is it? Titan, Leon. Oh. What do you think? What do you think about that? I think they could have done a better job on the uh, code name. That doesn't seem that good. But um, <laughs> yeah, well, we have like the Titan missiles and stuff. So yeah, you're right. Feels like it could have been a little could've... bit more clever than that. Yeah. But... That, yeah. Okay. But and it's not clear whether this is going to be a self-driving car or an electric car or a combination electric self-driving car. So, but it is not science fiction. That's what they're quoting, that these car, Apple cars are coming. Um, and as well, Google and Uber are also working on that. What do you think about this? Leanne? Well, first buy- of all, I just hope the Apple car looks like a big apple. 
So I think that would be fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it's got to have some, some, some overwhelming design. Yeah, yeah. I, that's <laughs> Just if it, we if we were all driving apples around, that would make me happy. So that's that's, that's what I good. Think. I think it's good, and I I would be I'm really looking forward to it because uh, anything to get rid of Tesla. Now I, I have. What come... is your problem with Tesla? Okay, so here's my problem with Tesla, Leanne. That these were this this car is built primarily on U.S. government loans. The cars cost over a hundred thousand dollars, or you know, in that range. So it's only these are only for rich people, and they're for rich people who then develop an attitude that they're driving around in a Tesla, and that they are somehow better and more deserving. Uh, and more principled than the rest of us. And therefore, they drive with that attitude, and it bugs me. So uh, I, okay. I feel like if we're all in Apple cars, you know, that would make us, that would make me happy, Lane. Well, Even if- uh, you know, the, Apple has very expensive products, too. I, and I think yeah. Tesla Motors is debuting a, a cheaper car. They are bringing out a a cheaper car in the next couple uh, of years. They, but- they need to. They need to. Okay. Because I, I, I just... Uh, because it doesn't, it seems like it doesn't solve any problems at all if you're just building a car for rich people. That's what I think. Well, as they always say with the car business, it's the technology, not the car. So what they're doing is developing the te- technology that will, they hope will have a broader use, right? <laughs> we, I understand. You're just holding it out. I know. Tesla drivers. Have you ever seen Tesla drivers? Do yes. We have, a, we have a Tesla dealership on Colorado Boulevard. It used to be a Barnes & Noble. Now it's a Tesla dealership. Honest to God. Like they closed a bookstore and put in a Tesla dealership here. So it's <laughs> and am yeah. I right about the attitude of Tesla drivers, right? That they Although, seem somewhat superior. You know, I, I have to tell you this, you know, my son, when he was valeting, he loved the Teslas. He loved driving them. He said, because they were, had the electric motors, when you gunned it in the parking lot, no one knew. Because... <laughs> <laughs> he said i could get it going over 90 in the parking lot and no one Excellent. knew so Excellent. there you go all right all right so that's the first one apple car look for that okay Leon. here is a trend that you can just pick up right away are you ready for this yeah it's it was big this week or last week of fashion week here in new york it's a burberry um launched it it's called lived in lipstick look have you seen this? No. This is this is for the honest girl, Leanne. This is for the girl that's not worried what other people think of them, okay? But of course, you are worried about what other people think of 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 you. So you really want to know how to get this lived-in look, okay? Which is a sort of a very clean, super matte it's uh, it's sort of you pack on a lot of lipstick and then you use a Q-tip around the edges and it doesn't have to go on, you know, and then you leave it that way. And it, it can be a little bit messy because you're pretending to be an honest girl that is not worried about what other people think. Okay. Do you understand? Okay. I'd have to look this up because that's just Live, ridiculous. Lived in lipstick look by Burberry. Okay. Here it is. Yeah. How to get it in the New York Times. How to oh, get yeah. it. Oh, yeah. She's, 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 she's not worried. In. She's very clean. She's, she's honest. Not she's not worried what other people think. But yeah. obviously there is a video about how to get this look <laughs> that other people won't think you thought about. But Ooh. obviously you did think about it because you have... The lived-in lipstick look. Yeah. Wow. She's she is not worried at all. No. You know, if I look like her, I would not be worried either. Uh, <laughs> ox blood. Very deep red. Very deep red. Lived-in look. 
Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. a mean or a strict mouth. Okay. Well, no, there no you it's go. not. It can be messy because you're, again, you're an honest girl. Yeah. Not, okay. You said that? Yeah. Yeah. That's it. So that's, that's a look. That, so that's, seems to me a little bit like you put lipstick on in the morning and then you don't refresh <laughs> it for the rest of the day. But, but you put a lot of lipstick on. I mean. But you have to this, put a lot of lipstick on. All yeah. right. I'm, I'm going to save that photo and put that up on okay. our website. Just, just <laughs> keep working on that. Okay. Third, um, third trend I have for you, uh, Leon, is something called Bobox, which is the ninja jacket. And this was, this set a new, uh, funding record at Kickstarter, you know, which is, uh, um, did you see this? No. This is a jacket. It's for travelers and they expect to have different models, but the first one is kind of a hoodie and it was developed by a guy who, uh, commutes back and forth a lot between Chicago and San Francisco. And uh, this hoodie has 15 features, uh, including a drink pocket, like a pocket large enough so that you can put a whole can of like Red Bull or whatever you're drinking. It has an eye mask. (laughs) But the best, I think the feature that helped him raise $9 million um, at Kickstarter is that it has a two-second inflatable neck pillow in the jacket. Oh, okay. wow. Doesn't that sound like a wonderful idea? That does sound good. It's so called think... Bowbox or Robox? What is it Bow called? Bowbox. B-A-U-B-A-X. And okay. it, it's their ninja jacket. You can pre-order them. At the name of the company is Indiegogo. And I think this is what I'm going to get Liz for Christmas. Okay. <laughs> Don't you think? That sounds wonderful. With the inflatable neck pillow, the drink pocket, it has an eye mask, it has all kinds of other pockets uh, so that you can uh, just travel, you know, just have everything on your body, ready to go, ready to go. Oh, yeah. It's all about the creative lifestyle at the Bobox website. Okay. Look at that. Oh, that is a good. That's a good. Yeah, it looks like a normal hoodie. It doesn't look super... Padded, you could use but... that in the, you don't even have to travel. I think Monica might like one for her cubicle. <laughs> yeah. You know, she could just, you know, uh, like, like kick back a little at lunchtime, you know, inflate the neck pillow and, you know, just relax while she's eating her lunch. What do you think? It has I, hand warming pockets. I mean, that's incredible. A charger pocket. Yeah. Yeah. It's good, Leon. <laughs> that's good. I like it. I like it. And it looks like a normal hoodie. Yeah. I think it's a good gift for Liz. Okay. Okay. So that is, those are my three trends. Uh, and then Leanne, just trying to, I, I have to, I have to just, uh, go online to tell you, um, that, uh, I am in now I'm in, I'm, I'm on board in terms of Madam Secretary. Oh, good. Okay. Good. This has the, been the recommendation. Uh, a lot of people on our Facebook page have supported this recommendation. You and Sheila were really touting the show. So yeah. I am starting on, on last seasons, right? Because the new season doesn't start till next month, I guess. Right. October right? 4th. Uh, October 4th. Oh, okay. So then I ha- really have to get to work. So I have started to watch on Netflix, um, Madam Secretary. And it's it's very goodly. And it's yes. got a substance to it. I like it. It has foreign foreign locales, yes. uh, you know, in a highly attractive family. And you're right. Uh, t- uh, she has excellent hair. I think the separates are a little too casual for the secretary <laughs> of state myself in terms of her wardrobe choices, but I like it very much. And she sounds very smart on the show. You yeah. know, she's written in a way that she has very smart things to say. And I find that, I find that very enjoyable and relaxing to watch a very smart woman on TV. Okay. Julie, I want you to pay special attention to um, 
uh, the bathrobes that she wears. I think oh, she's really? bringing back bathrobes in prime time. Like, cause when she comes home from her hard job as the secretary of state, she always puts on a lot of good looking lounge wear and bathrobes. And then, you know, someone shows up at her door, the chief of staff or something in the middle of the night. And there are more bathrobes and I know you enjoy bathrobes. So I, I, I think you'll, you're not going to see this many bathrobes in prime time anywhere else. So I think you're going to enjoy it. Just make okay. special note of her loungewear. Okay, everybody. So get on board. Madam Secretary, Leon and I are going to start on Tuesdays reviewing this show. I think it will be, I think it will be exciting. And then, Leon, another story that uh, TV talk that caught my eye. Do you realize that this is the 20th anniversary of a TV scene that changed everything? And of oh. course, Leon, I am talking about the Pride and Prejudice with Colin Firth <laughs> as Mr. Darcy and that impromptu dip where he got had the yes. wet clinging shirt yes. and he runs to his bride. <laughs> that is 20 years oh, old. Oh, my gosh. It, I feel so that old. Is, that, that is it. 20 years. That, that scene with Colin Firth, do you realize that that has given birth, of course, to Aiden Turner in Poldark yes. and his scything, right? Yes. And then there's a whole Lady Chatterley's lover. I don't know, but there's a lot of undressed men in that <laughs> one, which we haven't reviewed. And then another uh, British show called The Go-Between. But, but it all started with Colin Firth. Before, they, before that, all these period pieces were always done in a studio, okay? And that they, you know, but... When they made that Pride and Prejudice, they decided to do it, you know, have a lot of outside scenes. So that was important. And then they also had, for the first time, they had the characters on the move. They were in carriages. They were horseback riding. They were galloping. They were tramping through meadows. This, this was all new technique that had never been done before and aren't we the real beneficiaries of that Leon? <laughs> we really are yeah, yes yeah. julie i remember when that happened that like purists were outraged because that scene of course is not in the book and it was like <laughs> of course it's not in jane austen and oh no actual like desire portrayed in a in a jane austen thing how dare we but uh, it's the scene everyone remembers so <laughs> yes Yes, indeed. Well, 20 years old, Leon. that's the anniversary. I know. I know. I, I don't even know. I don't think you can count how many times you've seen that version of Pride and Prejudice. No, I can't. And, or any version of Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> I remember I had just given birth to Brooks when that came out, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so I can remember like watching it on, um, you know, VCR somehow. I must have bought... <laughs> <laughs> over and over and over again. Don't mention that at a job interview, Leon. I, I don't want to say anything, but there's a reason why my second son is named Colin. Maybe you've noticed. <laughs> my husband thinks he's named after car designer Colin Chapman. I pretty sure he's named after Colin Firth. <laughs> so just leave it at that. That's how many times I watched the scene. So, <laughs> there, there you go. Okay, Leah. Okay. Ooh. All right. There you go. Well, happy anniversary. Thank you. Thank happy anniversary. <laughs> All right.
right. Uh, we are the Satellite Sisters. Don't forget our Instagram and Facebook contest. The winners yes. this week. We're very happy to win. We got some really lovely notes from both of them. We're so excited that you're excited to be a part of You're the Best, a celebration of friendship. Um, Julie, did you note, this is awesome, that our pub date, our publication date, pub date, as they say in the business, is October 27th, yes. the same day as Donald Trump's pub date. I don't know if he does... <laughs> He's got, no, like, I didn't know that. Some man. other bogus book coming out. I was like, "Oh, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me?" So this That's is good. it's going to be. There's going to be a flurry in the in the publishing world. I, yes. You know what? I say we get into a Twitter war with Trump. I think that yes. would be good for the book. So just we're going to get Liz on that. She can do it. She You're can the best. Them. You're the best. <laughs> so, but we want to encourage you to put up pictures of you and your satellite sisters having fun. You can go to Instagram and use the hashtag Sat Sisters. Uh, YTB. YTB. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Having a hard time getting that one out. Same with Facebook. You know, you can post on the Facebook page if you're not on Instagram. One winner each week from Facebook and Instagram. So get going. It's Tuesday. We would love to see pictures of you and your satellite sisters having fun. And we really hope to be able to use those pictures on the website and at events we're doing and slideshows just to show what it's like, the spirit of sisterhood and friendship. Um, you know, we hope that all these dates that we do are um, really a celebration of friendship. That's what the book is about. And so uh, it's wonderful seeing these pictures that really illustrate that. Just a reminder that we are having an event in Brooklyn on October 30th. We hope you can make it. It's a Friday night. Information about that event can be found at SatelliteSisters.com. And then we will be in Pasadena. I continue to say the wrong date, so I have to look it up. It's just stuck in my head. Like we, we, we batted around so many dates. Sunday, November 8th, we will be um, in Pasadena at Vroman's Bookstore. And we are planning, I'm working on a Satellite Sisters meetup location this week for Saturday, November 7th. We'll be just doing a meetup. No host bar meetup in Pasadena. Books will not be sold that night, but you can uh, pick up your book at Vroman's on Sunday the 8th, or you can pick up your book ahead of time and bring it to the meetup. We're happy to sign it, but we won't be selling books that night at the meetup, but we would love to have you at Vroman's. That will be Liz, Sheila, and I. So Brooklyn will be kind of a blowout, lots of us, lots of the next gen. Uh, We just hope to make it a big celebration. And then in Pasadena, it will be the three Southern California sisters. We are working on dates in other parts of the country. Uh, We will let you know as we book those. We're trying hard to uh, line up a few things for November and early December. Um, All right. And, you know, you can go to our our website, go to the speaking page. If you have an organization that brings in speakers for events, please, you know, please contact us. We are happy to do that. If travel is involved, we're happy to try to be there and be part of your event. So all the parameters are at SatelliteSisters.com under the page speaking. All right, Julie, uh, good luck this week with okay, the Pope Liam. in town. All right, I'm, try- I'm going to try to get a peep at the Pope, but we'll see. We'll see if that happens. <laughs> okay. All right, we're the Satellite Sisters. Don't forget, call your Satellite Sisters.